Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to discuss from a biblical perspective or if you have a prayer request that you would like prayer for. We would love to hear from you, hopefully answer some of your questions, and we would love to pray for you. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and in southern Wyoming on Grace FM. We also want to greet those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and into North Carolina and Kentucky. We're so glad that you are with us today, that you've tuned in. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you and talk with you. And we'd love to hopefully answer some of your questions. Uh, We want to remind you that those of you listening on Hope FM on the East Coast and in Truth FM there in Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind. But we would love for you to call in still with your prayer requests and with your questions. And then you guys have a unique opportunity, actually, that you can tune in a week later and hear yourself on the radio. But for those of you listening on Grace FM, You are hearing the show live, as well as those of you who are tuning in online. If you haven't done so yet, do go get the Grace FM app. You can listen to this program and any of the other great programming here on Grace FM through that app anywhere in the world. And I'm just looking at the map right now of people who are tuning in in different places in the world. And it's really cool, actually, to see this, like a live shot of people who are listening and it looks like today we have some listeners listening right now in Durban, South Africa. We've got San Jose, Costa Rica represented. It looks like uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and a lot of people listening in the United States. So, hey, we are so glad that you are tuning in and that word about this program is spreading. We encourage you, spread the word about this online, on your social media channels. God is doing something really great through Calvary Live, and we're, we're glad to be a part of it, and we're so glad that you are tuning in. Again, this is a show where you can call in to get your questions answered about the Bible. Maybe you've been reading the Bible, and something's come up that you're curious about or you're unsure about, and hopefully we can answer those questions for you. Um, and also, if you have a prayer request, you have a lot of people tuning in right now who can say yes and amen as we lift up those requests and those needs before God, so don't be shy. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Is the text line 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself. 
My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. Our church meets in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. So we're right on the corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street, so on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman, which is right downtown. We're just one block south of the downtown park and ride. And well, actually, we're not even one block south. We're directly south. So we're the building directly south of the downtown park and ride. And we are also on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont. So if you are in Longmont and you're listening today, or maybe you know somebody who's in Longmont, or maybe you live in one of the surrounding communities kind of within driving distance, hey, we would love to have you come and worship with us on a Sunday morning sometime. So consider this a personal invitation to come and Check out our church and worship with us. God's doing a good thing at Whitefields. We are a church that loves to study the Bible verse by verse, and we love to worship Him in song. We love to teach the kids the gospel. We consider ourselves a a gospel-centered church, a mission-centered church, a Jesus-centered church, and a a Bible-centered church. And so um, our church currently, what we do on Sunday mornings, we are studying through books of the Bible. We do that all the time. And right now we're studying through First and Second Peter in a study called Pilgrim's Progress. And it's been a really good study. We just wrapped up our fifth, I think it was fifth, yeah, fifth study in this book this past Sunday. And we're going to have our sixth one this coming Sunday, and that will be from First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 22. It's a really interesting section I'll tell you about in a second. But if you would like more information about our church, maybe you'd like to hear some of our past sermons or messages. Our our whole sermon archive is available on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And it's also available on on podcasts. So if you are a podcast listener, maybe you listen to Apple Podcasts, or maybe, maybe you have a different app on your phone that you listen to podcasts with, check us out. Just type, us, uh, type it in, Whitefields, it's two, it's two separate words, Whitefields Community Church, into whatever podcast app you use, and that should come right up. And our, our whole archive of teaching through many books of the Bible is on there, and you can check that out. You can also find us on social media. You know, we're on all the main channels, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, we've really been building up our YouTube channel lately, so I'd encourage you to check that out. And you can also hear us on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So every weekday at 2.30, maybe you're in your car at that time, maybe picking up kids from school, tune into Grace FM, and you'll hear our sermons there at that time. And also Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., so if for some reason you're unable to be in church on a Sunday morning, then tune into Grace FM and you'll hear us at 10 a.m. So, we would love for you to come and worship with us sometime. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first listener, Lloyd in Aurora. Hi, Lloyd. Welcome to the program. Lloyd. Yes. There you are. What's up, Lloyd? Hey, how's it going? Going great. What's up? Good, good. Um, Hey, so I just had a quick question. Um, I have some friends uh, that go to another church and everything. And, you know, they started to kind of like, I noticed that they are like celebrating or participating in this whole thing called the Shabbat on Fridays. Okay. And, you know, I was, I guess it's some kind of like celebration of, I guess, freedom or something. I'm not 
too familiar about it, but I was just wondering, you know, if it's, I guess, considered a sin or just anti-biblical uh, to be participating in those kind of, like, Jewish traditions, I guess? Yeah. So um, the answer is no, it's not sinful and it's not unbiblical. But it's also, it's not required, but it is something you can freely do. So I would just encourage those guys, hey, that is cool what they're doing. So I, I would also warn them, maybe not warn them unless they're going this way. But, you know, it's something which the Bible is really clear about. And I'll just read you a verse from Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. It says this, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, right? So Shabbat is just the Hebrew pronunciation of the word Sabbath, oh, right. uh, which refers to rest, right? And so the yeah, origins yeah. of Sabbath are that God during creation, you know, he created for six days and then he rested on the seventh day. And... You know, that's an interesting thing because God could have kept creating, right? It wasn't like he was tired. He didn't rest because he was tired. He didn't rest because he needed the rest, per se. Um, he didn't rest because he had no more ideas of things to create, and he exhausted all of the options. No, he could have kept creating, could have kept doing, and he wouldn't have even been tired. And yet God chose to rest because rest is really, there's so much to this, right? Rest can be a celebration of trust in God and faith. Like if I work six days a week instead of seven days a week, I will probably make less money and produce less things, but I will be showing that uh, I'll be making a statement about my values, that I don't live only to be a slave to money and production. I live to worship God. And part of the way I worship God is through my job, but part of the way I worship God is by resting from my work, trusting in God to provide for me, and in worshiping him so the sabbath is a day that we set aside to worship and rest now um here's the thing that's really important to remember is that hebrews chapter 4 makes it clear that jesus christ is our sabbath that the practice of shabbat in the old testament and for jewish people today is what colossians calls and hebrews calls a shadow a foreshadowing a shadow which points us to jesus so if we see the shadow and we don't see the substance which creates the shadow, then we're really missing the picture. You know, imagine if I came home from work one day and my wife comes running out to meet me, you know, as I walk up the walkway towards the front door and I see her running towards me and I'm like, oh, cool, she's coming to hug me and kiss me. But then right before she gets to me, she falls down on the ground and starts kissing my shadow. Well, that would be weird because there I am. I'm right there, right in front of her. And for her to miss the substance which the shadow points to and only focus on the shadow would be crazy, especially when the, sh when the substance is right in front of her. So I'd say that the, this is the danger that can happen with it, is that when we get too focused on a shadow and we miss the substance, then, then that's quite foolish. But if you understand that the Sabbath is a good thing which God created to point us to Jesus then that, that's a totally life-giving and wonderful thing. Jesus is our rest. It's in him that we rest from our labors of trying to prove ourselves or justify ourselves before God. That's what Hebrews 4 says. So I would tell your friends, awesome, go for it. Just don't miss Jesus in it. But if it helps you 
to celebrate Jesus, who he is and what he's done, then more power to you. And I encourage you to do that. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, because uh, I've noticed that there are like some groups of you know Christians that are like, really close to you know the whole messianic thing, and you know they get they even like put, you know put like the coverings on their heads, like on like this on on like a Friday or whatever yeah. like, the Shabbat thing, and they, got, they even got like the shofars, you know. And I mean, I I think it's cool and everything because I mean obviously it's a Hebrew culture and everything like that, but I just don't know where. If there's any line that should not be crossed, or well, there certainly there is. is, yeah, there certainly is a line that shouldn't be crossed. Uh, one of those lines is when you think that any of those actions, in any way, justify you before God, or, right. or give you or score you points, so to say, you know, to put it in layman's terms. Yeah. If if on the other hand you do it as a celebration, and you do it as a way that points you to the substance, which is Jesus. Yeah. then by all means, that is a good thing. But yes, certainly right. there is a line that you can cross. And it's really a line that's in your heart more than in your hands or in your actions. And so that's something that, you know, it's really hard to pinpoint yeah. and say, well, at this point you cross the line. The only way we can do that is by saying, hey, if in your heart what, are, what you are believing about these actions crosses yeah. the line, then absolutely it crosses the line. The yeah, other line I, you can cross yeah. is becoming judgmental on other people and putting a trip on other people who don't do those things. And that's that's yeah. what that verse in Colossians speaks to. Yeah. So that was uh, Hebrews 4 and Colossians 2.16? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And check out Colossians 2.17 too, which is the other verse I quoted, which says, These things are a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Colossians 2.17? Okay, cool. Right on. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you, Lloyd. All right. God bless you, bro. All right. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today, answering Bible questions and taking prayer requests. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. Let's go to our next caller, Brian in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Doing great. Hey, just had a question for you um, about salvation. I was wondering if you could give your understanding of, you know, or your summary of what salvation is, according to uh, Scripture. Yeah, salvation is holistic. I think that's maybe the one thing that I would say that some people tend to miss. I think that salvation is more than just being forgiven of our sins. It's also, you know, the Bible calls it redemption. It's also glorification. And so what that means is that it's more than just being forgiven of your sins and going to heaven when you die, but it is something that we get to experience now and into eternity, and it's holistic, meaning it's not just for human beings, but it's for all of God's creation. And so uh, salvation is going to include both um, eternal and temporal aspects. There will be even ways in which we think and act that are affected by our salvation right so salvation clearly means the act of being saved but what is that saved from so we're saved from not only the punishment of sins but also the power of sin and that's something that we experience here and now we can be saved from the power of sin and set free from it and we can experience that even as we live our lives today okay 
I would include yeah, I also just, the curse okay. of sin in that. So one the last thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I've been, you know, I've been reading and you know, I always heard people say, well, you know, trust in the finished work, you know, of Christ. But yet I don't see Jesus. I don't hear him say that. I don't hear him say trust in the finished work. I don't hear him say. Yeah, I don't. I hear him say, you know, if you keep my sayings, you you will have eternal life. If you yeah. keep them, you know what I mean. So, what happens if I don't keep them? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Then, then I don't well, have eternal life. So, you know, when James is when James says that, uh, it's you know the engrafted word in the heart that's able, you know, to save the soul. Mm-hmm. So. I see that, you know, when Jesus does, like, Matthew 13, talks about the parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about the one who's, whose heart is right and who keeps it, you know, and he bears fruit abundantly, you know, 100, 60, 30, which would go along with, you know, keeping his thanks. So it seems to me, like, why I read that, that salvation is, you know, we have to keep those sayings. And if we don't keep those sayings, you know, in our heart, then obviously we would work iniquity, will continue to sin. And then, you know, you go to Matthew 7, he says, and they say, Lord, Lord, and he says, not everybody says to me, Lord, Lord, when from the kingdom, he does the will of God, and then he continues to say, he that, that um, keeps my sayings and does them, he's a wise man. So it just seems like it's all correl- you know, correl- correlates around the heart. Because, I mean, sure. if I say, well, I'm trusted, I'm, if I'm trusting in the finished work, I don't, hear, I don't hear him say that. I don't hear him say, I'm going to the cross, and I'm going to pay a sin debt. I've, I haven't read that yet, but I hear that so often. Well, so I didn't know to if you be could clear, that Jesus does say those things, and I'll give you a few examples of okay. them. Okay, um, sure. But I will also tell you that more importantly than Jesus saying those things, there are a few few other factors to keep in mind. Uh, one of them is this, and I would say this is kind of the big one. Okay, so do you believe in um, the inspiration of all the scriptures do you believe in the canon of scripture so to say mm-hmm. do you believe in a do you have a biblical theology is what we would call it and what that means is that just because jesus doesn't speak about something doesn't mean that that thing is not true and the other thing is that this gets into an issue of what we call hermeneutics which is a lens through which you understand the scriptures and those are important because um we develop our hermeneutic, right, our lens for understanding Scripture by reading the Bible. So it kind of is a circle, like a spiral, right? So we come to the Bible to find out how to understand the Bible, and then by what the Bible says, we understand what it says. I hope hope that makes sense, but that's the idea of hermeneutic. It's the lens through which you read the Bible. And what that means is that as we come to the Bible, Jesus comes. He doesn't just show up on the scene with nothing having happened before and nothing being said before. He comes on the scene after a culmination of so much else, right, that has been predicted and promised and foretold. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these things. And so in order to understand Jesus, we have to understand a lot of those things as well. All that to say that the reason why Jesus isn't, so to say, creating the wheel from scratch He's coming and he becomes, you know, the, the, the central, the axle upon which the wheel turns, so to say. I hope that that makes sense. Here's the other thing that Jesus does address those things. He says, 
that it is for this reason I came, you know, to be a ransom for sin. You know, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He says uh, on the cross, he says, you know, this is the reason for which I have come. And then he, when he dies, he says, it is finished. Well, what's finished? Well, this whole plan of God that culminated with that action there on the cross. And then, it, of course, it wasn't finished. There was a resurrection as well. But that points us back to the Old Testament. What was finished? What was promised? What were all these things? And so, for example, one of the main things that's talked about is this idea of covenant. Now, Jesus doesn't really talk about covenant, but does that mean that what we have with God through Jesus is not a covenant? Of course not, because that, that's not what it means, because we already know that that's what it was culminating. So we can't just take, we don't want to take Jesus' words in a vacuum by themselves. We want to understand them in light of all of the other scriptures. Furthermore, you have the apostolic letters, and what the apostles are doing is that they're trying to show you, based on the Old Testament, what the meaning of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was for us now. So that's where we get a lot of this language, like what you're talking about, trusting in the finished work, which is certainly Pauline language. And I would just encourage you to be you know, a little cautious. Are you, are you somehow saying that there's what we call a canon within a canon? that the words of Jesus are somehow more inspired by God than the other words in the Bible, I tell you that that's, that's something to be cautious with. Um, so, one last thought, and that is in regard to what you said about doing, right? Jesus said, if you do these things, if you continue in these things, you will be saved, and if you don't, you won't be. So that gets to a question of this. Are these things imperatives, meaning do this, or are they indicatives, meaning a person who is saved will do these things? And my argument would be that they are both. They are both imperatives, meaning they're what we are instructed to do, and they're indicatives, meaning that if you are a Christian, you're truly born again, as Jesus uses that terminology, then these are things that you will do because you are a new creation. You have become alive, and these are things that you will do. So they're both imperatives and indicatives. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes sense. I mean, just you know, logically going through, it just seems like you know, being born again by the Word of God, and, and Jesus says it's what comes out of the heart, so therefore if the Word is in the heart, you know, James says you have, you have to lay aside all, you know, all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meanness the engrafted Word. So it's always, you know, the um, the engrafted word, keeping that word, because if if that were the case, then you know Jesus said, "We're you know Christians are a city uh, set on a hill." And I mean, to be blunt, I don't see that. Mm. Uh, you know, and I think I mean, if you know, it's like what we work, or if I'm saved, Jesus says we work it out of our hearts. Mm. So that means the salvation logically would have to be it's coming from the word Jesus's words kept in our hearts, and from there. They, we we work that if we have if we haven't laid aside like James says then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work that and then and Paul says in Galatians five twenty four he says those who have crucified you know the the the, the affections and lust they're Christ so he says you know if you haven't logically if you haven't done that if you haven't crucified the, your flesh and you're still struggling with it then logically from Paul he says you're not Christ. Yeah, so th this you know gets I mean? into a, this gets into another yeah. question. 
which which I do okay. understand what you're telling me. But here's the the thing that you're I think that you need to take into account. And I'm not going to say you're missing it. I just think it's another piece of the puzzle which I think is going to help you understand this. That throughout the Bible, it's told that we're these things take place on a continuum. So let's put it this way: Are you saved? Well, okay. You are saved. The Bible speaks about salvation as being something that happened in the past that has effects for the future and for now. And then it also happens on this continuum, right? So you are saved, you are being saved, and one day you will be saved. All three of those are spoken of. You talk about crucifying the flesh, but I also read in Galatians chapter 2 that my flesh has been crucified, right? So it's in the past. It's something that is also taking place. I'm experiencing it now in the present. And one day it will be done ultimately in the future. And you can go across the board and find each of these. Uh, you can take almost you know, several issues and put it that way. I'm being saved. I, I, sorry, I am saved. I am being saved. I will be saved. You know, I am sanctified in Christ. I am being sanctified, and one day I will be fully sanctified. You see what I'm saying? These things are all true at the same time. And what we have is that we have these things creating a tension, and our job is to live in that tension, that tension up between the indicatives and the imperatives, the do this, and if you are saved, then you will do this, right? The, the things telling you what has been done and what you are to do. And we live in that tension. And I think that's a really good place for us to live, right? There are some people who need to be told that they have security in Christ. And there are other people who need to be warned that they need to put their faith into action or else nothing is promised to them if they're not living these things out. And so God speaks to different people in different places in their life. And um, I, I would encourage you to consider it in that way it's much more holistic than i think you're you're really only seeing one part of a bigger picture i so. mean i don't think i am <laughs> okay. well, brian <laughs> I, I need to uh let you go because yeah, sure. i have I other callers i appreciate your time sir absolutely thanks right. brian yeah God thank you bye-bye right. you too bye-bye listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie from whitefields community church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Melody, in Berthoud, Colorado. Hi, Melody. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. I met you a few years ago at a marriage retreat. How are you and your wife doing? Doing great. Um, I'm calling because... There's just been so much spiritual warfare, not only in my family, but in Calvary Chapel and Berthet, even like um, one of um, one of our main persons that does all the um, technology and stuff and uh, not being the nerve damages or something that, and now they're, you know, it's getting worse. And I know that other people in the church are, you know, struggling as well. And I know that it's just a spiritual thing, but we need some help here. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, would you like prayer for your church? Is that really what you're reaching out about? Oh, and 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 I would like prayer for my husband and I. We've been on in a spiritual battle since the beginning of this year, and every time we seem like to be coming out of it because we're still walking in faith, and then something else slams us, and um, 
yeah, it's just it's become overwhelming. And I know that we, you know, we keep focused on the Lord. We know that He's there. I started to send you a text message, but it was way too long. Well, I'm glad you called. So let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Melody. I pray for her church, Lord, that you would do with this work that they need. Lord, the help that they need, the help through the people who are serving. Lord, give them endurance, strength, and ability to serve you well and make much of your name. And Lord, I pray for Melody and her husband, Lord, in their trials and their struggles. Lord, would you strengthen them? Would you, Lord, do miraculous things on their behalf? Lord, and bless them. Lord, would you bring relief where they need relief? And would you bring comfort and healing in those areas where they need comfort and healing? Lord, I pray your blessing upon them and their church and all of their needs. Lord, I pray that you would take care of them. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for calling, Melody, and thanks for giving us the privilege of praying for you. Thank hey, you you're so listening. Much. You're listening to Calvary Live. We're going to be back in two minutes' time. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, the number to call 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or text us seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. This is a show where you can call with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life that you'd like prayer for. We'd love to pray for you, talk with you, and hopefully answer your questions. So, give us a call. Let's go to our next caller, Roger in Mead, Colorado. Hi, Roger. Welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you, Pastor Nick? Doing well. So my question is. Uh, or I, I need to have clarification for other folks that uh, belong to a certain denomination of Christianity, and the fact that uh, this church and, and body of the church pray to dead people who they call saints, and uh, there's uh, the claim that anytime they see a natural thing of what uh, lights or something that resembles Jesus or something that declared Jesus showed up here and Mary showed up there. I just, I just would like for you to explain uh, to the listeners how uh, you know Satan's power uh, or Satan has the power to display all these events and not to be fooled by Satan and uh, you know pray for for dead people and uh, to uh, uh, some, somebody else other than God. Basically, the prayers are a, are a form of worship. Anytime we pray for dead people, first we'll bring, the, uh, we'll bring to uh, we'll pray for, uh, you know, uh, to bring uh, spirits, number one. Number two, it's against God, because uh, the first commandment says, I'm the only God and no, no other God but me. So I, to my question to you, can you please explain to the listeners the power of Satan, what kind of power that Satan possesses, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah, so we know that there are spirits, right? There are spiritual entities. And, of course, there are what we call, you know, divine spiritual entities. This would be God the Father, the one and only God, right, who is ever-present in three persons. The other spirits that are there, we know that um, angels are called serving spirits. 
And we know that there are also what we call malevolent spirits or, you know, I guess, negative spirits. So this would be demons and it would be then the father of lies, who is Satan. So it is very, you know, not only is it unwise for us to be praying to dead people, but it's, it is dangerous. And, you know, in the Old Testament particularly, we're instructed not to speak to the dead or even try to speak to the dead. And there's one anecdotal story that's told where King Saul tried to speak to the prophet Samuel after he was deceased. And this was a sin. He, sh he was not to do that, even though Samuel was what we might call a holy man. He was not to speak to him, ask him for help, guidance, because in doing so, right, you're opening yourself up to speaking to spirits. And we are not called to speak to any spirit other than God, who is spirit. And so th this is like fully clearly told as something we are not to do, particularly in the Old Testament. And so it's also unnecessary because here's the other thing. We've been told that there is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Jesus Christ. So Jesus' ministry to us is that he is our mediator. He is the one who goes between. He is their ultimate high priest who stands between man and God as the bridge. So uh, it is unnecessary and it is potentially dangerous and yeah, nobody should do that. So don't pray to any dead people, even holy dead people. It would be unwise and unnecessary. So let's go ahead and do what you said there, Roger, and let's pray for people who are in that. So, yeah, just, just one more thing that I would like for you to clarify to people. I'm, I'm 100% what you said, I'm 100% on that. I just one of my call is just to uh, put out awareness to those people to be watchful of what their churches are teaching, which is not out of the Bible, and it, it's against the Bible, against God's teaching. Number one. Number two, for the, uh, what you call that, the, um, uh, the observation of certain abnormalities of heaven lights or somebody that looks they think they look like Mary or somebody that looks like, like a dead, dead uh, saint sure. is what they call well, it. Just, I'll so, speak to oh, that how, real quickly. Yeah. Is that Jesus warned that in the last times there would be, or in the end days, right, there would be people who would even do signs, and through these signs they would deceive even the elect. So what this means is that um, we should not base our, base our faith um, or our actions, furthermore, on signs or anecdotal things that we experience uh, or see, you know, that are not based on the plumb line of Scripture. So what Scripture does, it gives us a standard. The word canon, it means a ruler, a standard by which we measure everything. And so we must measure things against the Bible. We, we shouldn't make any kind of determinations doctrinally based on experiences, you know, the, like you said, signs, etc., we have to come to Scripture and let that be our ruler, our standard. And, you know, it even speaks about that. Like I said, Jesus talks about that. There are other places where it talks about uh, people doing signs, so to say, who are doing them by demonic power. So that should never be what determines our faith and our beliefs, our actions. 
So let's let's pray for those people, Roger. Heavenly Father, I pray for those people uh, that Roger's referring to who are caught up in teachings which are not biblical. Maybe they're even anti-biblical. Maybe they're even leading them into things which are not only unnecessary but potentially dangerous. Lord, we pray for those people that they would turn to your word and they would see the truth, that they would uh, know the truth and the truth would set them free in every way. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You bet. God bless you, Roger. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to our next caller, Sandy in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Sandy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. I was calling for a prayer request for a young man. Um, his name is Bradley Russell. Okay. His father and I work together, and I've known him for a He's only 22. Anyway, he was diagnosed, I don't know the full medical term, but it's heart cancer. And it's it's something, I mean, it's so devastating for his family right now, and he is just going through the treatment. There's no cure for it. It's treatable up to a point, but there's really no um, cure for it. And his quality of life, I don't even know if he's going to be able to be beyond two years. That's just hopeful thinking and and uh, the prognosis that the doctor gives and so i just pray i want to pray with the fam for the family that he is cured and i know god can do anything and does all things whether it be on this side of heaven or the other but just that he will be the miracle to help other people who are diagnosed with this horrible disease and um like i said it's something that i've never heard of and the tumor is on his heart, and a tumor is surrounding the heart, and he's just really, I mean, it's a battle for sure. So just for prayers for this family and, and what all they're going through, and especially Brad. Yeah, let's do it. Heavenly Father, okay. we pray for Bradley. We pray for mm-hmm. his heart and his cancer that he's dealing with. We pray for his family, Lord, that they would be encouraged, that they would be comforted, and, Lord, that you'd fill their hearts with faith. And, Lord, thank you that in you we have a hope that makes us bulletproof. There is nothing that this life can throw at us which takes away our joy, our hope, our blessedness, and our happiness in you because, Lord, that is kept in heaven for us. There's nothing that can touch it or take it away from us. In fact, even the difficulties of this life only bring us closer to it. And So thank you, Lord, that in you, Jesus, we are more than victors. We are more than victorious because of what you've done for us. And Lord, we do pray for Bradley that you, we do ask you, Lord, we petition you that you would heal him. We know that you are a God who has all power to create and to heal. So Lord, we ask that this cancer in Jesus' name would be taken away. And Lord, we pray that also you'd help Bradley to be encouraged as he goes through this time. We pray that Lord, there would be, you would do this and that it would be something which glorifies you. I pray, Lord, that in all these things that happen to him, no matter what, in every situation, with doctors, with friends, with family, with co-workers, Lord, that you would receive the glory and that your name would be great through all of this. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, God bless um, you. You have a good night here. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. The number to call, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, 
and your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you and hopefully answer some of your questions. Let's go to our next caller, Willie in Brooklyn, New York, I'm assuming. Hi, Willie. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for, for taking my call. Are you calling from New York? Uh, actually, I'm vacationing uh, in Brooklyn. I'm vacationing in Philadelphia. I live in Brooklyn. Awesome. <laughs> this is why I was um, uh, able to get the radio broadcast. Cool. Anyway, um, I have a very, uh, I'm confused about uh, a particular passage in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. Okay. The King James will say something like, uh, if a man wants, uh, wants to be friendly, if anyone wants to be friendly, he must show himself friendly, mm-hmm. and some other words. Meanwhile, in other versions, it says something like, if anyone has a lot of friends, it may come to ruin. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry, I don't, have, I don't have the text in front of me because I'm on the phone. Yeah. But um, those translations are so totally different. It's not like, uh, you know, in the Ten Commandments where it says, you know, thou shalt not steal versus you shall not steal. (laughs) I I can deal with that, but I I don't understand why those two, uh, why that particular verse, uh, Proverbs 18.24, why it is so widely different between the different translations. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm looking it up right now just so I can see. If I see any easy answers, but I do, I do have an answer for you. I'm just curious what uh, some other resources might say. Looks like the difference in translation is coming from uh, just a hard to translate verse. So I'm looking at it, and it looks like there may be some some disagreements in how this should be translated. So. Yeah, so from what, Aramaic, what, I guess. Yeah, this is from Hebrew. And so I'm looking at right now there's some some differences in how this can be translated. You know, whether it means Oh, it's to, from Hebrew. That's right. Yeah. I thought it was Aramaic for the Old Testament. No, the Old Testament's going to be coming from Hebrew. Now Jesus spoke in his time in Aramaic. That was a kind of vernacular at that time. There are some people who believe that Jesus also spoke Hebrew, but Aramaic would have been the language that Jesus spoke, or people spoke in Israel during the time of Jesus. And some parts of the Bible use Aramaic language and text, but for the most part, when we're looking at this, we're looking at Hebrew Old Testament. Uh, even to this day, when when Jewish people read the Old Testament, they're reading Hebrew and then Greek in the New Testament with some Aramaic mixed in. So uh, it looks like the issue here is this um, this word that is translated to be companions or to be friends. And here's what it says for what it's worth. It says the verb may be derived from two roots. One means to associate with or another means to break, which is, is interesting, meaning that somebody pretends to be friends or kind of a negative term of friendship. So it looks like this word is really the issue. It can be translated either in a positive sense of friendship or in a negative sense of friendship. And so what these translators are doing, it seems that they're doing their best to try to make sense of this. Like, is this saying it's a too many friends or the wrong kinds of friends? Or is this saying that friend it's using friendship in a good way? And it seems that it's... The word is a little bit unclear, and so we have translators who are doing their best. 
Here's, and it's here's, not just that word. I mean, I understand. Uh, I appreciate that one because in the King James, it seems to be in the positive. Like, if I want friends, I need to be the first one to be friendly. Correct. But then the other versions makes it seem like if I have too many friends, that's not going to be a good thing. And <laughs> yeah, and that really does get to that word. So now that I look at these translations, that word, so it can either mean to associate with someone in a positive sense, which is obviously how the King James translators have translated it. And it's used twice, right? So a man who has friends must himself be friendly. So it's a play on words in the original Hebrew. And so the you know that's why... Here's the reason why the newer translations, which are like NIV, NASB, ESV, translate it in a negative way. So again, it uses that word twice. It says a man who has friends, which is either positive or negative, must be friendly, which again can be positive or negative, and implies a break, right? A ruining of something, which is why the ESV says someone who has many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And the reason why it seems that they've chosen to translate it that way in the newer translations is because of the word but, which implies a contrast. And the other reason is because of the general nature of Proverbs, that they tend to um, differentiate or let's say uh, put two things in contrast with each other. So it seems that the translators are really trying to figure this out and that they're not even sure how to translate it, but they're trying to... Um, figure out that it must be the negative sense is what the newer translations have decided because it seems to be a contrast because of the word but. But I'll tell you this, um, either way it seems to be true, right? So I, I think that's the other thing that the, as these translators are working, they're trying to figure out theological truth as well. And so is it true that if you have um, many friends or if you have friends, that that's a good thing, that you must be friendly? Yeah. But is it also true that a person who has many friends may still come to ruin, but there is a kind of friend who sticks closer than a brother? Also true. Does that help at all, Willie? That has shown some, like a little glimmer, uh, especially since I was going to ask, but I'm glad you said, I'm glad I held off because... Um, I was going to ask, um, because I teach Sunday school, so how would I even reconcile the fact that uh, one's positive, one's negative, and they're both, uh, you know, uh, they seem to be opposing each other. But they both can be true. <laughs> well, here's how I would approach it, is that, you know, a lot of things are lost in translation. And I would say that probably this play on words or this kind of double entendre was intentional in Hebrew. It probably was meant to be able to be understood on two different levels. You know, we have these kinds of things even in English. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they, they exist. And so probably the, the writer of this, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was saying something that was a true principle that could be understood in both ways, and both ways is true. But really his point in this is the second half of the verse, which says, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. which I don't believe appears in the newer version. Uh, again, I don't have the text on me because uh, I'm on the well, phone. Well, I'm looking at four in front of me, and they all say the second half of the verse okay. exactly the same. There is a friend. Okay. They'll say, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. All right. All right. 
Cool. God bless you, Willie. Have a great vacation. All right, thank you. And God bless you as you teach those kids. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. God bless. Right, bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to our next caller, Jim in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Jim. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor Nick. Um, I'm a former military person, and I was reading on the Military Times how the Satanic Temple has been approaching West Point and the uh, Academy at Annapolis. And apparently the Army had turned them down, but the Navy has accepted uh, their uh, admittance into Annapolis. Hmm. What exactly is the Satanic Temple, and should we be leery? I noticed that there's a Satanic Temple in Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just kind of concerned. Yeah. I mean, so Satanism is an interesting thing. It's like worship of Satan, which is interesting because it kind of assumes from the from the starting point that what the Bible says about Satan is true. And then they choose to worship Satan, which, you know, the Bible says some things about people who follow Satan or worship Satan that seem kind of like radical, like, hey, who would follow Satan? But the fact is that there are some people who blatantly out and out follow Satan and seek to, you know, follow the this fallen angel, which is tragic and sad. And, you know, I wonder how much of it is a reaction to, you know, just trying to be reactionary. I wonder how much of it is complete deception. And I wonder, just on the other hand, like how much is, is somebody just completely blind and, and all these things. So, you know, it's something that developed in a more formal way, especially during the 1960s with a guy named Anton LaVey. That he wrote this book called The Satanic Bible. They came up with certain rituals. At times, it's kind of flared up and become more and more popular and less popular at other times. But it is also, you know, really sought to be recognized as a mainstream religion. So I can see that, you know, they're obviously approaching military bases and looking for approval and recognition. As far as how we should react to that, I think on the one hand, we, we remember that we live in a country where there's religious freedom. And yet, not all freedoms, right? There is a reason why we don't, uh, why we do have laws and why we restrict certain things. And one of those very good reasons is because not all things are good for people. Some things harm people and some things are dangerous. And I think that we should have the wisdom to see those things and see them for what they are. So I don't think that it's a good thing for a satanic temple to be seeking legitimacy. I think that that will lead only their legitimacy will only lead to more people taking that as like a viable option now on the other hand we live in a in a place where the gospel we live in a pluralistic society which means that not everybody believes the same things and there is freedom to choose what you believe now that's actually some people look at that and they're like oh no we live in a pluralistic society what if people choose to let's say this follow satan well, they, they have the option to do that. But here's what encourages me is that in the book of Acts, when we see the, the early church being so powerful and changing the world, they did that in a society which was pluralistic, in which most people didn't follow Jesus, and in which the gospel was one option among many pathways that people were able to choose. And yet the gospel went forth and people followed Jesus and the world was changed. So that gives me a lot of courage that the world is 
has never been more similar to the world at the time of the book of Acts than it is today in the past 2,000 years. And so we are primed for God to do an amazing thing in our society through the gospel. Amen. I also uh, I researched a little bit on that satanic temple. I noticed that they have been legitimized by the government with a 501c3 status. Yeah. That's uh, really, really scary. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, and I, I looked at some of their definitions, and they come off like the peace of angel, uh, the angel of peace mm-hmm. and prosperity and everything. It's just like what the Bible said. And, you know, I, it makes me believe that the end of times is really close. Wow. Yeah. And, hey, that's not something that we should fear, right? That's something that we welcome and we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, save many people, use us to do that, and uh, use us in your ways, but come quickly, Lord, because his coming is not something for us to fear, but for us to to anticipate and uh, welcome. Mm. Another question I have is, uh, do we, uh, how do we approach these people to talk to them to, you know, to maybe realize that what they're doing is a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I would I would just reach them on the sense of saying, you know, what is it that you're looking for in this? A lot of times what mm. they're looking for is power. You know, this mm. is really the thing that Satan promises. Even in the Bible, he promises it to Jesus. You know, what is it that you're looking for? Here's what the Bible says, that anything that you worship other than God will not only not fulfill what it promises, but it will ultimately come back and destroy you. And that's really what we need to show people is that, hey, there is hope for you. Maybe some people who do this are kind of fatalistic. Hey, I'm going to hell anyway. I might as well worship the devil. Right. Mm. So show them that, hey, there is hope for for all those who turn to Jesus and and embrace the gospel. That would be my thing that I want to show them to show them how this will actually not give them what they think it will, how it will ultimately hurt them and backfire, but how there's hope in Jesus. Awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, love your show. And Thanks, I'm Jim. hoping that one day I'll be able to be at one of your sermons, because I definitely would love it. Oh, we'd love to have you anytime, Jim. God bless you. Thank God bless you, too, Pastor. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We've got time for one more call. Let's go to John in New York. Hi, John. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Nick? Uh I was just listening to uh, the guy. Was that right now that he was talking about the medium, and then uh, he was just talking about, uh, you know, the end times and the Satanist church and everything like that? Yeah, yeah, that was right now. Oh, very good. I I like your channel, by the way, and I like the way that you go about things. You go about things in a very good way, and I appreciate you, brother. Awesome. Thanks for for that. I just wanted to go a little bit further. When I heard the media, the dude uh, before the last guy who went, he was talking about the medium. I actually had a family member who had died, and I was so, even though I was a Christian, and at that point, especially when this family member was in the hospital, I was even bigger of a Christian, but still I was so hurt with pain of the death of this family member that I, you know, I was weak and I was seeing a medium. I'll tell you something, that was the worst depression I ever went through in my life when I was seeing that medium. Mm-hmm. And it just never ends. you got to keep going back to the medium. Oh, I'll do this for you. She'll, she'll give you a message now, but then you come back later and give me another 200 bucks. Wow. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, 
John, I'm glad to see that you're not doing that anymore. Because no, like, no way. Like we were saying to I that learned before, it's not only unnecessary, but it's also dangerous. It is dangerous. It is, and let me tell you something. I never felt like darker before in my life than when I was going through that. Wow. And I'm happy that I had gotten out of that because mm -hmm. it was a very it was a dark experience, and it, se it seems to me nowadays, now that it's like six years later, I would, I don't even know if she was really talking to, you know, my loved one or not, to be honest with you. I don't even know if it was a whole sham just about money, to be honest with you. So, who knows? Who knows? But if she was, I do understand now that she wasn't talking to my loved one. My loved one is either in heaven and not speaking to the likes of her or that's it. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, yeah. well, let me, let me pray for uh, those people who are maybe still caught up in this stuff. And then I'm going to let you go. Cause we're at the end of our show, but uh, I, what I, I got I, you brother. I just wanted to call in and tell you, I appreciate you. I was listening and I like your show, man. You go about it in a good way. That's awesome, John. Well, let's pray and then I'll let you go. So, Lord, I pray right, for brother. John. I thank you for his, uh, for you bringing him through this difficult time, but also bringing him out of this uh, association with mediums. And Lord, I pray for anybody else listening or anybody else who has loved ones who are contacting mediums and reaching out into the spiritual realm. Lord, please bring them out of that. Lord, please, please protect them and Lord, give them the true hope, the true gospel, or the true hope that gives us the promise of truly being reunited with those who we love forever in the gospel. So I pray that they would turn to you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, John. God right. bless you. 100%. God bless you, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. Hey, we, we have come to the end of our show here on Calvary Live. I have one last uh, text I want to address from Jim from Philadelphia asks, uh, he had a loved one who passed away, had faith in Jesus, but was never baptized. He asked, can that person be saved? The answer, Jim, is yes. We're saved by what Jesus did for us, not by what we do for him, but we should obey him. If someone doesn't have the chance to be baptized, can they be saved only by faith? I believe the answer is yes. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com, and I'll be with you again next time on Calvary Live. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.